Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Wonderful when we get to be together to celebrate something so significant, so powerful to hear those stories that our God transforms lives. Just incredible to be able to experience that and share that. So whether you've been online today or in the room, just wonderful to hear God at work. Um, He restores lives. And I love that. It doesn't matter who we are or where we find ourselves today. Our God loves us and he has a plan for us, just as we've heard through those stories that he has more for us, no matter who you are today. Well, I want to start by asking a question today. What is it that you hold on to? In uncertain times, when things are changing and we don't know what we can rely on, what is it that you hold on to? What do you know that is steadfast and sure and hang on to when things seem out of control? Now, last year, as a family, we went on a holiday to Kangaroo Island. And if you've been there, you might have been to a place called Little Sahara Desert. There's these sand dunes, and they're just incredible. They're quite beautiful. But the idea is that you hire these toboggans, you climb up to the top of the sand dune, and then you get on these toboggans, and you sand dune down to the bottom. And it goes fast, and it's a little bit out of control. And the instructions we were given to do this was that you sit on the toboggan, make sure you keep your feet on the toboggan at all times, because if you put your feet out, they're going to get you know, stuck in the sand, but don't hold on with your hands. You actually need to use your hands in the sand to kind of change the direction you want to go. So you're going crazy fast down a sand dune, not holding anything. That feels safe, doesn't it? Um, And I just wanted to keep grabbing things. I was like, oh, a little bit nervous. Now, my dad came with us on the holiday. My parents did. And my 72-year-old father, he wants to show the grandkids Come on, you know, Papa's got it. He knows what to do. And so in this completely out of control place where you're told don't hold on, you've got nothing to hold on to, my dad, he knew what to do. And uh, look, this shows what happens when you've got nothing to hold on to. Watch this clip. This is my father. (laughs) Yeah, Dad. Oh! (laughs) Face part. Are you all right? Where's your glasses? As you can see, serious face plant, and there's a photo that will come up behind me and show you how he actually looked. He was covered in sand. He, we had to search and find his glasses somewhere in the sand dune. But uh, credit to my dad, he didn't want to be, you know, like done by the kids. He wanted to show them he could do it. I did actually get his permission to show that to you all today because he still in his mind thinks it was a pretty legendary move. But it shows you what happens when things are out of control. And there's nothing safe or secure to hold on to. And, you know, sometimes life can be a bit like that. That life can feel like it's out of control when we've got nothing safe or secure to hang on to. You think about these last few years. There has been so much happening that's felt out of our control, that's felt changing, that's felt uncertain. Things that move and we feel like we can't rely on. When you start to Google memes for the last two years, 2020 and 2021, this picture came up of a wave. You'll see one picture behind me here. And the idea that we all thought 2020 was pretty bad. And then, you know, 2021 was the worst wave to come again. But I've since Googled and the next step that we're being revealed for 2022 is, yeah, there's something crazier coming again. 
I don't know what that sea dragon is, but there's this sense that year after year at the moment, we're out of control and we don't know what to hold on to. And whilst we can laugh at that, I also recognise that there's a whole gamut of emotions and feelings. You know, as a, as a state, we opened our borders this week. And for some, that is a wonderful celebration because there's loved ones that you haven't seen in so long. And you get finally a chance to reconnect. And so there's a celebration with that. But I also recognise there's uncertainty. Some are feeling anxious. What if I'm going to get sick? What if I'm going to spread it? What does it mean for my place of employment? There is so much we just don't know at the moment and it feels uncertain and things are changing. And so the question I want to ask all of us today is, what do we hold on to? When things are changing, what do we hold on to? And I want to read to us today from Hebrews where we see here clearly, when things are uncertain, who to hold on to. Let me read, it says, There was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest. The first thing I want to share with us today and say today is that God can be trusted to keep his promises. Our God can be trusted to keep his promises. In this constantly changing world, our God is unchanging and he is faithful. See, the writer of Hebrews is talking about how God kept his promise to Abraham, that he's using this to say God doesn't break his promise. He keeps it. He can be trusted and relied on. See, God promised Abraham descendants. He promised him descendants as numerous as stars in the sky. And whilst it took time, God delivered on that promise. God kept his promise to Abraham. And we see in this passage, the writer of Hebrews uses the words oath and promise and swear. There's this commitment that God will hold to what he said. He will not break it, but he will keep his promise. Now, when an oath was made, you had to swear by someone of higher status in order for there to be credibility in that oath. And what we see here is that God swears by his own character because there isn't anyone higher in status than God himself. And so he swears by his own character that he cannot and will not lie. He cannot and will not break a promise our God is faithful. He can be trusted. His promises are going to be solid and unbreakable. 
He keeps his word. Our God can be trusted. And in fact, if we spend any time in the Bible, we can see there's so many promises that our God speaks of in the Bible. He promises to be with us. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. He promises to lead and guide us. He promises to give us wisdom, to give us hope, to give us joy, to give us peace. He promises to forgive us no matter what. He promises to save us. He promises us a new and better life. That's just some of the promises that our God, who is faithful and will never break those promises, guarantees to each one of us. That's really important, though, to recognise nowhere in the Bible does he promise an easy life. Nowhere in the Bible does he promise it'll always feel good or it'll be comfortable or pain-free or simple. That's not promises of God. In fact, if we look at Abraham's story, he had to wait 100 years before his son Isaac was born. So he's given a promise that he's going to have descendants as numerous as stars in the sky. And he's 100 before this son comes along. I'm pretty sure there would have been moments where Abraham's like, I don't know, is he going to deliver? It's not necessarily easy, but God kept his promise. Yeah, added to which, when his son Isaac was born, there was this time where God actually said, I want you to be prepared to sacrifice your son, to put him on an altar and actually kill him for me. And Abraham, thinking, hang on, this guy's key to me having to de- descendants, thinks, okay, I've got to trust God in this moment. And God then delivers and provides a lamb for the sacrifice. And Isaac lives. So we see even in the story the writer of Hebrews uses to remind us God keeps his promises. There's up and down, there's challenge, there's pain, there's heartache. Abraham held on to God's promises through thick and thin. God doesn't promise it will be easy, but he will keep his promises. Just the same for us. Life is complicated. Life is messy. Things are changing, but our God is faithful. He will never let us down. He will always keep his promise. Mike shared last week that we're in the now and the not yet. We're in this in-between twilight zone, in a sense, where, yes, Jesus has come. He died. He rose again. The kingdom of God is now and it's not yet because Jesus is still going to come back And until he does, we live in a world that is hurting, that is broken, where sin, things we do that hurt each other and ourselves and God, these exist. And so while we're still living as humans in a broken world, we're in this now and the not yet. But what I want you to hear today is that God keeps his promises even in the now and the not yet. It might not look like what we think it should or what we're expecting But our God is faithful and he will keep his promises. So I wonder today, what's the promise of God that you need to be reminded of? What's the promise of God that you need to know he loves you? He's for you. He has a plan for you. He will forgive you no matter what. I wonder what's the promise you need to know I can hold that. And you know what I love about these verses in Hebrews is that while we're told to trust God, we're then actually given Jesus as our anchor to hold on to. We're told to hold on to Jesus. 
Now, if you think about an anchor on a boat, an anchor is strong and sturdy, and it's there to, to ground the boat, to keep it safe, to keep it secure, to keep it steady. And yes, the wind and the waves still come, the, the tides still move and change, storms might come, but what the anchor does is it holds the boat, it keeps it steady and safe no matter what's going on around. If you think about a boat without an anchor, it's going to be in pretty bad shape, yeah? And here the writer of Hebrews says to us that Jesus is our anchor. He is the one to hold on to, just like for a boat, that Jesus will keep us safe and secure. He will keep us grounded. And yes, the elements of life, the highs and lows of our own lives, the things that we walk through are going to come and go. But the anchor, Jesus, he keeps us safe no matter what comes and goes in our life. As long as we hold on to him, we're grounded, we're safe, and we are secure. In all these changing times around us, the anchor, Jesus, will keep us safe. And this strange thing the author does in this passage, the author of Hebrews, he brings an anchor and a curtain together. A little bit unusual. Let me read verse 19. It says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest. Now, what the author is speaking about when he's talking here is actually about heaven. And when he speaks of the high priest, he's actually thinking about the temple. See, what happened in Old Testament time before Jesus died and rose again, in the temple, there was a curtain. And there was a curtain keeping people from the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies was the place where God inhabited, where he was. And as God is absolute perfection, humanity, people in imperfection couldn't be in the same place. And so there was this curtain between the Holy of Holies, between the presence of God and people. And as the writer is writing this, this Jewish writer would have understood when we speak about the temple, there's actually a particular day called the Day of Atonement. And this was a day once a year. We celebrate Christmas. There's other things we celebrate once a year. They had a Day of Atonement once a year where the high priest would go through the curtain to the other side, to the Holy of Holies, and would take a sacrifice, an animal to be killed, to atone, to make right, to pay for the wrong things as humanity, the brokenness that we live in, so that we could be made right between a holy and a perfect God. And so this is what the writer is thinking about, speaking about the high priest and the curtain. This is what happened back then. But what we know is that Jesus as our anchor has gone through the curtain. Jesus, in his perfection, because while he's a man, he's also God. He could go into the presence of God. He died and rose again for us. And when he did that, he took for us all our sin, which is the things that we do or don't do that hurt ourselves and others and God. He took all of that. And he was able to, as the perfect sacrifice, bring us into the presence of God. And interestingly, when he died on that cross, the curtain in the temple that actually existed just ripped into from top to bottom. It was destroyed and it was symbolic to say to the people that we are now a part of because we are the people after Jesus' death and resurrection, that there is a way 
that there is no longer a divide between humanity and God, but we are welcomed in. Jesus went through the curtain, destroyed the curtain. There's no longer a barrier or a divide. But when we say yes to Jesus, we have access to the living God. We get to be in his presence day in, day out. We get to choose to follow him and know him personally. And Nevaeh and Ashley and Ben in their stories today shared that they've done that, that they've said yes to Jesus, that they've actually, because Jesus has gone through the curtain in, in them saying yes to Jesus, they know the living God, they have access to him. There is nothing keeping them away. And I love that, hearing those powerful stories that they've said yes, Jesus made a way for them. I wonder where you find yourself today. I wonder as I share that Jesus made a way, what does that mean for you? Have you said yes? Are you holding on to the anchor and you know that you have access? Or are you yet to make that decision? Because it actually doesn't matter who you are and what you come from and what you're thinking and what life has been like. Our faithful God loves you, has a plan for you. And anywhere, anytime, you can say yes to Jesus and have access and know God personally. Today, Today could be the day that you say, I want to follow Jesus, just as Ben and Ashley and Nevaeh did. Today could be the day that you say, I want to choose that. I want to know God for myself. Because what we see in the person of Jesus is that Jesus made a way. He made a way for each and every one of us. He's done what we can't, and he invites us to simply hold on to him. That's the invitation. He's done it all. He's done what we can't, and he says, invites us to hold on to him. Because this really dramatic and memorable picture of an anchor going through a curtain, it speaks to us of how Jesus has gone through and is in the presence of God. And as long as we hold on to the chain that's attached to that anchor, we too are connected to the very presence of God. And so all the winds and waves and storms in our life can come, but as long as we hold on to that chain, attached to Jesus, then it doesn't matter what comes our way. We're grounded, we're secure, we are safe. And what I love is that it's the anchor that is actually the one that is solid and secure. It's not my faith. It's not who I am. It's not my environment that has to be solid, Jesus. Jesus is unchanging and solid. And there's times, I've got to be honest, when maybe the chain that I'm holding on to Jesus feels a little wobbly. <laughs> There's times when things in my life, I'm uncertain myself. Doubt is okay. Uncertainty is okay. Because it's not about me manufacturing faith and being hard enough and strong enough. It's actually about Jesus. He is the solid, strong, unchanging one. And when I have hope in him, faith in him, that's what counts. Theologian N.T. Wright says, we don't have faith in faith as people sometimes suggest. Christian hope is an optimism, a vague sense that things will probably turn out all right. Christian faith is trusting and going on trusting through thick and thin in the God who made unbreakable promises and will certainly keep them. That's what it means to follow Jesus, to hold on to him. He will keep his promises. We trust in him. So the question today for all of us is, what are we holding on to? In a world that is changing and uncertain, what are we holding on to? You know, sometimes we can hold on to things like our achievements, degrees, education, success, 
things that we've done. We can hold on to this and feel like I can be secure in my life because of what I've achieved. Sometimes we find ourselves holding on to family, holding on to friends, maybe holding on to experiences, holding on to loved ones and think if I hold on to them and they'll keep me safe, they'll keep me secure. Sometimes we find ourselves holding on to our calendars, our diaries, our plans. That, well, I can control what's happening and I'll, I'll get it organised and I'll be super efficient and, and I'll feel safe because I can look after the plans of my life and where I'm headed. It's getting full, isn't it? Sometimes we hold on to our finances. We think if I, if I just keep my finances sure and my safety and security in that, I can hold that. Sometimes maybe... We hold on to controlling our health, hand sanitizer and a mask. Maybe sometimes we, even in this season, think I can control, I can hold on to my health. I can control this. And if I, if I hold all these things, then I'll be safe and I'll be secure. But what you might notice is that all of these things can let us down. They can run out, they can walk away, they can disappoint they can't be relied on. And added to which, my arms are pretty full, yeah? If we're busy holding all this stuff, I've got no space left to hold the anchor. I've got nothing left. It's only when I lay these things down, when I let go of these things and I place them down, that I have the freedom and the space in my heart and my mind and my soul and my life to hold the anchor. It's only when I put the stuff down that's gonna, while they're good things, can't be relied on. When I finally lay that down, that I've got the space to finally reach out and hold on to the anchor, to hold on to Jesus through thick and thin, to hold on to the unchanging one in a constantly changing world. I wonder, what is it you need to let go of today? What do you need to put down? What do you need to recognise that you can't hold that? It won't fix you. It can't control you. It won't keep you safe. What is it you need to lay down today afresh and say, I want space to hold the only one that's unchanging, Jesus the anchor. Who are you going to hold on to? We're going to make space to choose to hold the one who won't let us down. Let's pray. Lord God.